Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for choosing to uh, uh, listen to this podcast in the time that you uh, uh, have at home here. It is April 4th, Saturday, April 4th, 2020. And uh, I'm doing something a little different today. I don't have a per se topic. Um, I really just want to uh, expand on kind of my experience with this um, COVID-19 and also where I think we're headed. And I'm just going to really honestly ramble a little bit for you guys because I haven't done a podcast where I haven't had just a couple notes in front of me and things I want to hit on. And I just want to kind of talk about where I've seen this virus from my perspective, where we started, where we're at now and where this is headed. Cause my perspective has changed multiple times on this. And I really want to get this recording out there to kind of see quite frankly, how my opinion shifts on this over time and also really to share what I know about this because I think one of the biggest challenges is, quite frankly, finding some news that's um, dependable. I mean, I'll just be honest. I think there's a lot of fear-mongering out there. I I saw on CNN, not that I I don't even have cable. In fact, I'm not actually really remembering where I saw CNN do this, but they have like a scoreboard for how how many people are sick with this and how many deaths we've had. I think that's ridiculous. That's not what I'm going to be doing. Um, but that being said, I'm just going to roll through a couple things here. So I uh, I want to start by where I was at when this actually all started. That few of you may know, I was actually backpacking through Europe uh, all of February of 2020. I was actually in Italy when the first few cases started to come in. I spent over two and a half, three weeks in Italy. Uh, I actually spent nearly two weeks in a town about 40 minutes by train south of Milan uh, in a coast city uh, called Genoa. And I spent two weeks in Genoa. And when I was leaving Europe, in fact, I was uh, getting ready to board my plane from Amsterdam to London, connecting to Los Angeles. I got news that quarantines were being affected in northern Italy around Milan, which, like I said, was about a 30-minute train ride north. Uh, of where I was uh, when the brunt of this started uh, coming out. And when this first initially hit, we talked about how I remember talking to a friend of mine who I stayed at his place in Italy. We're on his balcony and we were talking about how this could potentially overrun Italy. And I I really thought it was a joke. I did not think that that would happen at all. Um, Except Italy does have a lot of challenges in terms of their healthcare system. Uh, Their government is just not nearly as efficient as a lot of other European and certainly America in general. Um, so I never anticipated what happening in Italy happened. And it's, it's heartbreaking because so many of the people I know, the conversation shifted from just from reaching out to people back there. The conversation shifted from, we don't know somebody who's been infected. We know somebody that's been affected to everybody knows someone who's at least lost a loved one or somebody important in their lives now to this coronavirus. And, um, it's disproportionately affected that country more than others. But I do want to focus the rest of this just talking about how this is going to hit you, assuming you're like 90, I think it's 92% of our audience is, fo- is right here in the United States. So I want to hit on this, a couple things here. Um, I think we need to stop underestimating what this is going to do. I don't see us just shifting right back to where we were at two months ago. I think we are fully submerged in the doo-doo that is going to be in a recession, is going to be some kind form of uh, economic opportunities lost. Now, this is not going to be just like some kind of horrible thing. In fact, I think recessions are interesting in the fact that, yes, there's 
there's essentially, it's bad for a lot of things. And you look at macroeconomics of all this, not even macroeconomics, but when you look at the employment, unemployment rate, when the unemployment rate goes up, you will see um, suicides, death, uh, mental health, uh, everything gets worse as unemployment goes up. That is just a statistical fact. That being said, I think this will be an exception in the sense that I don't really see us facing those normal statistics. I think they'll be better, at least in the short term, simply because so many millions of people have filed for unemployment. Um, I don't see that really coming back. I, I think most of the data we have on this stuff is going to be not as effective. But what will certainly happen is you're going to see a restructure of markets, of economies. You're going to see companies getting much more lean. You're going to see non-essential staff that are going to be laid off. I think the the best example I have of this is my hometown radio station, 97 won the ticket back in Detroit. I still listen to them occasionally. I follow one of the guys on Twitter. And some of these uh, people who have worked there for years are being laid off. And the reality is companies are figuring out, look, you do not need an office full of uh, – you do not need an entire corporate office to support a radio station in 2020. It's just a fact of it. I love these guys that some of these guys are getting laid off, but it's just a simple fact. Um, you do not need this, the amount of people you needed 20 years ago on radio to produce the same quality show. And you're seeing this across many industries. Now, this is the economic side of it and the markets that are not – directly impacted by the coronavirus. Now, if you look at the coronavirus and how it's impacting, let's say, the healthcare industry, look, there's going to be a lot of government intervention in a lot of these industries, uh, airlines being one of them. I don't understand where they're going to go with hospitals because, quite frankly, hospitals don't make any money off of helping patients with coronavirus. Hospitals make money off of doing essential surgeries or non-essential surgeries, um, and some of those high paying, highest paid doctors are performing the tasks where the hospitals make the most money. So I've heard stories of many hospital systems that are going to be flat out out of cash in a number of weeks. Um, you're going to see by May 1st, many hospitals are going to be on the verge of bankruptcy, which quite frankly, the government is just not going to let them go bankrupt. There will be some kind of bailout. There'll be some kind of infusion in cash. There's going to be some kind of change uh, because obviously you're not going to allow the healthcare system to go under during a pandemic. That being said, there are also a lot of inefficiencies still happening in the market. And I'm sorry for how uh, or, uh, specific I'm getting on markets here. Usually this is motivational, but I really want to hit on this. The airline industry is fascinating. Uh, if you look at after 9-11, um, air traffic was grounded for four days, uh, and it, it took months for it to recover uh, to where it was at pre-9-11, uh, and actually years for some airliners. And what you actually saw out of 9-11 is the rise of some of the largest airliners we have today, American Airlines, United, Delta. The, these these airliners got a lot bigger after 9-11 because there were bankruptcies, there were uh, companies that uh, were less efficient. So you got a lot of these bigger companies that came out of it. And there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons that happened there. Um, and what happened was about 75,000 people lost their jobs. That's right. So 75,000 people lost their jobs, were furloughed by um, airliners in the two weeks following 9-11, simply because they were anticipating a vast drop of necessary resources for because there's going to be a vast drop of passengers that were actually going to be flying. Now, this is same. the same thing is happening right now except nobody has been let go. None of the major airliners have actually let go any employees yet. 
Uh, and there's a simple reason. It's Well, if you think about this, the, the companies are literally going to not have any revenue coming in. The TSA reported about 200,000 people were on airplanes last week. That's down from I mean, quite frankly, millions of people. I think one statistic I saw was 100 million people are in the air on any given day. And that's just not the case in any capacity right now. So these airliners, despite having essentially no business, are still supporting and paying employees that were, before this whole crisis and epidemic really took place, were supporting the largest volume of travelers in the history of the airline industry. So you had the most employees and the most uh, passengers flying ever taking place before this happened and now there's been no adjustment since and the reason is they're keeping people on payrolls with the anticipation that eventually once they're going to get through this in a couple months and the government is going to bail them out now here's the issue with this uh, these jobs aren't coming back uh, over the six months of the next six months if we just fast forward six months from now and assume that we really get through this crazy epidemic in the next three months Airline travel is not going to be anywhere near what it was a couple months ago. It's just not going to. It's going to take months. It's going to take years. I'm not an expert on this, but from everything that I've read, it's going to take a long time for this to really come back and settle. Um, So what's happening is all these employees that have not been laid off yet are, quite frankly, they're just – just delayed. They're going to get laid off in a couple months and you're just actually preventing them from finding more productive jobs in the economy because at the moment there are thousands of jobs, millions of jobs open right now because of this. You have grocery stores hiring massive amounts of people. I saw Amazon hiring over 100,000 people. Um, I can speak personally to this. My parents' pizzeria, they've never been busier. I mean, this is one of the busiest times they've had in years and I mean, quite frankly, it's, 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 it's good from a family business perspective, but goodness, this is crazy. I mean, my parents are working 100-hour weeks right now, as are most of their team members. Um, and it's, you know, they're, they're, they're doing everything that they can. They're hiring delivery drivers left and right because, they're, because of how busy they are. So you're seeing the economy is really going to shift. And then this is, all, this is not going to stay permanent, right? I mean, the reality is, you know, my parents' pizzeria, as, as will most carryout restaurants, won't be able to support the staff that they have in those positions, and they're going to have to change. My point of this entire podcast is there is a lot of change coming to the economy over the next several months, and quite frankly, there's going to be several years of – people are saying recovery. I, I, I don't – it's not as simple as the economy just recovers and then it goes into a downstint. When it goes into a downstint, all it is is the markets are changing and people need time to adjust and change. There will be companies that will come out of this bigger and stronger. There will be some that will die and they will go bankrupt. That, that, that will just naturally happen. There's a lot of concerns over how much debt people have, um, not personal debt, even though that has ballooned to record numbers. We're talking about corporate debt, business debt. It's at all-time highs. There's a lot of challenges coming here, and I guess I really wanted to lay all that out. I understand that that seems kind of uh, negative. You know, there's a lot of downsides that are coming and happening with this. I want to really end this, and I only have a one or two more minutes on this, with some positives. All of us are cut out for any kind of economy. We're all human beings. We can all bring value to other companies, to other organizations, I, if I am in anybody's shoes right now who's been laid off, who has been put in a position where they're not going to have an income for the foreseeable future, it's impossible to just say, say, be positive, especially if you have dependents, if you've got kids, if you've got uh, dependable costs. Knowing and understanding most of the audience here 
are younger people with probably less obligations. I, w- I want just this message. This is a time of huge opportunity. And I don't mean opportunity in, the, in, a, in a really optimistic way because that opportunity is going to come from the collapse of many markets across the world. This is just going to be a, a global changer in the way everything is happening. So there's a few things that I think all of us can do to try to come out on the other side of this different and better uh, and, and potentially raise your income from this. And I think the, the best way to do it is to figure out how you can serve people while from home. Um, even if you're unemployed, even if you're furloughed, even if you don't have the opportunity to earn an income, what can you do to provide value to the marketplace and to, to people uh, during this pandemic? And I think that's the biggest thing that everyone should be focusing on right now because this is no longer a point of how long does it take for things to get back normal. And it's also not a sense of, oh, never, every, everything's never going to be normal. There's just going to be new normals. Things are going to change for good. We're going to see permanent change out there. So be ready for the change. The challenges are going to be huge, but all of us are capable of rising to those challenges. Um, I think you should be optimistic and excited about what this does for you, uh, for you and your future over the long run, because the alternative is being negative and believing that it's a really bad thing, because all it is is fretting on the opportunities you could have had if you hadn't done this. Like I've got a van that's sitting at home. It's one of my old painting vans. I wish I would have sold that thing months ago. Instead, now I'm stuck with it and it would have been easy to sell two months ago. Now it's going to be harder. I'm not going to fret over that though. And that's a very small example. I understand there's bigger, more serious examples out there, but I really challenge all of you. Look at what you can do now to move forward with this. It's not about having a positive mindset. It's about having a necessary mindset to be able to win at what's coming up. That's where I think this all comes down to is what are you going to do to put yourself in a good position, put your family in a good position to win on the other side of this. So this is the longest podcast I've done. These are just my thoughts on everything. There's a lot up in the air. I didn't really answer questions. I I just laid out some of the things that and thoughts that I wanted to hit on. I think the reality is it's a fascinating um, thing that we're seeing happen in the marketplace because of this. Uh, and I think it's really exciting once we can get this thing behind us. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to some of my friends that are working in the healthcare industry and on the front lines of this thing. I mean, you guys are just unbelievable going in there every single day and really helping us with this. And, uh, I'm really fascinated by, uh, some of the better sides of people I've seen in the last, uh, several weeks and how excited people are genuinely excited people are, Uh, to be able to serve people during this tough time. So with that being said, that's all I have. I really hope in whatever endeavor that you are pursuing right now, whether it's as simple as online classes for university, uh, or if you're leading an organization during this trying time, I really wish you the absolute best. Keep focused on the future. Understand that we are going to shift in terms of we're not going to get back to where we were at. We're also not going towards this terrible abyss that the media or other people will want you to tell you. We're going to get through this, but it's going to be a different world. Be optimistic for the change you can bring in that new world and get after it.